From Washington, this is Political Theater, Roll Call's review of the spectacle of politics on Capitol Hill and across the country. I'm Jason Dick. What I think is quite clear is there are divisions and violence and a disenchantment with our society. We can start to work together. We are a great country and a compassionate country. In 1968, it was a fair question whether America would make it. Fifty years ago, the country was racked with political assassinations, contentious fights over the war in Vietnam and civil rights, and the political system struggled to cope. Bobby Kennedy's career, from a campaign manager for his brothers, to United States Senate staffer, to the Attorney General of the United States, as a senator from New York, and finally as a presidential candidate, seemed to encapsulate everything that the decade was about. And now Don Porter has a new documentary series that's on Netflix exploring Bobby Kennedy and his career, and particularly this uh, period of time in the 1960s, Bobby Kennedy for president. Don Porter, welcome to Political Theater. Thank you so much for having me. So real quick, let, let's, uh, you, you, this is not your first rodeo uh, around some, some uh, really contentious p- political issues. Uh, your last documentary film, Trapped, uh, was part of the uh, AFI um, documentary film series here uh, in, uh, in, in Washington, D.C. It was about abortion regulations on, or, uh, regulations on abortion clinics. Uh, you've also been a producer and director for Independent Lens. So as a documentary filmmaker, you have a, a, a wide palette of, of topics you can, you can capture. Uh, what is it about this particular topic that, that brought you to it? You know, um, politics has always been something that I've been really interested in. I lived in Washington for 10 years, lived on Capitol Hill. Um, I'm a lawyer by training. And most of my films have been social justice, but verite films. So mm-hmm. I made a film called Gideon's Army about public, uh, public defenders, defenders mm-hmm. who's on uh, HBO. Um, and then, you know, Trapped was about the legislative process, uh, abortion rights. The Kennedy film, I felt like this was really um, an opportune time to take a look back, to take a pause and say, how did, you know, where did we come from? Um, I think we're all kind of concerned about where we might go. But I thought, like, this is a good time to take stock of where we came from. And particularly, um, I'm interested in the the legislative process. And I think exploring Kennedy's evolution and career as uh, a politician and a person was something I think we're, we're all really acutely aware of how important personal politics are. Um, and I thought that this would be a good time to examine that political history. We're in the middle of, of almost like another Kennedy boomlet, it seems. You know, there's a lot of pop culture attention being paid to the Kennedys and their legacy. Uh, you know, we, there was a CNN series about the Kennedys. There's this movie right now, an independent movie about Teddy Kennedy called Chappaquiddick, uh, about a tragic, you know, the, the Chappaquiddick drowning. Uh, and and your, your series is sort of fits into that. But this, it, it really, um, there, it's a fairly... Um, nuanced look at Bobby, uh, Bobby Kennedy, because it uh, it portrays a family of very ambitious people, which again, it seems is no surprise, I think, to a lot of political people. But how Bobby Kennedy, particularly as attorney general, came around to pursuing civil rights and sort of staring down George Wallace uh, and, uh, and, and Southern Democratic governors who they needed in their sort of political coalition in, as a majority party. Uh, that that's some hard stuff. That's not the typical like you know what what people would think of as the hagiography hey, around the Kennedys and their glow. That that's right. You know, there's a lot of mythology around the Kennedy family, and and you know, um, every culture needs its myth makers. Um, but what I think was interesting to me as a documentary filmmaker was uh, understanding 
the truth and understanding, um, you know, kind of how the Kennedy brothers, but particularly Bobby Kennedy, how he came to be the civil rights champion that we understand him to be today. Um, And that did not happen by happenstance. It did not happen by accident. So one of the things I really was interested in focusing on was his interaction with some very young civil rights leaders. Um, John Lewis is interviewed in our film, Dolores Huerta, um, Marion Wright, who's now is Marion Wright Edelman, Peter Edelman. I mean, these were folks. Harry Belafonte. Harry Belafonte. Mm -hmm. You know, these were folks that that Kennedy um, was uh, interacting with personally. You know, he wasn't kind of forming his opinions from a distance. It was through these personal interactions that you see this evolution happen. And I think that that's a really important lesson is each of us needs to grow and evolve. And the way that you do that is you invite others in. You invite that that knowledge to you. And a lot of these uh, civil rights figures were not um, – they, they weren't like sort of uh, quite taken with the Kennedys initially because when he was a staffer, you know, uh, investigating would-be communists as in, in the 1950s uh, as part of – you know, they saw him almost as akin with Joe McCarthy and Roy Cohn. You've got this great footage where you see like Joe McCarthy and flanked on one side is Roy Cohn and the other side is Bobby Kennedy. That's not exactly like, ooh, here's our civil rights champion, right? <laughs> you know, and, and, the, and that's exactly right. And, you know, for a person who, um, you know, for Washington Files, you know, like we love I, – I particularly – I remember being a young 20-something and walking the halls of, you know, the congressional office buildings. And in this footage you see, um, you know, you'll see the senators that these offices are named after, you mm-hmm. know, like which I think – if you're a Washington person, like it's it's just kind of cool. But you see Bobby Kennedy as a young staffer, you know, sitting to the to the right of Joe McCarthy questioning, mm-hmm. you know, you see him um, kind of doing that kind of political theater, that kind of political battling. But then you see him, you know, kind of evolve and change. I mean, but this is also the Bobby Kennedy that authorized the wiretapping of Martin Luther King. I mean, this is not um, a story that has a, a linear path. Um, and I think that this is a life story. This is a true story. And to me, that that history is what I think is um, motivating and inspiring in the sense that um, it may take folks a while to get to where they will become, but you need to have that process of growth. And I like seeing I like seeing the messy parts. I like seeing the process. Well, uh, speaking of messy, let's talk a little bit. Let's divert a little bit and talk about your your time on Capitol Hill because I mean it, it's uh, it, it seems it's it's kind of rare for for somebody who worked on the Hill to go into something besides politics uh, or right. communications or something like that. Let's talk just a little bit about your uh, experience on Capitol Hill. Sure. Um, so I was um, I wasn't a Hill staffer. I was uh, a young lawyer. I was working at an environmental law firm, and my job as a paralegal was to cover Capitol Hill. Um, and I lived on Capitol Hill at the time. So, you know, you know, Washington is like young members of Congress from wherever in the world are like the superstars here. You know, so it was like I saw a member so and so, you know, Hollywood uh, for ugly people. As John McCain has <laughs> it's said, right? Right? It's a, it's a, you know, there was a sighting of um, but I was really taken um, with the process of government, with watching, um, you know, kind of how legislation comes together. There were exciting hearings. You know, I was uh, living on Capitol Hill at the time the Anita Hill hearings were mm-hmm. happening. I remember walking by what we believed to be Justice Souter's home and seeing on the on the sidewalk 
I believe, Anita Hill. Um, you know, I used to walk across the steps of the Supreme Court to go to law school at Georgetown. Um, so, you know, Washington is really kind of a very formative place for me. And so being able as a filmmaker to go back and we found all this incredible footage. And it's from that time, you know, when Bobby Kennedy was a senator, um, when he was in the Department of Justice. Um, and, you know, watching government kind of you know, in the making was really exciting, both as a person who's kind of a political junkie, but then also as a filmmaker. As a filmmaker, one of the things that struck me about, you know, the footage, particularly a little bit of the older footage in the late 50s, early 60s, that that time period, is you get to switch back and forth between these incredibly grainy, gritty, gray images of hearings and and where there's a lot of tension, there's a lot of life going on when Bobby Kennedy's challenging Sam Irvin, who would later become a hero to a lot of Democrats uh, in his time as as chairman of the Watergate committee. Um, And then you you go to these almost like, ectochrome color popping moment. I mean, it's, it's just, I mean, we don't even really see those colors anymore <laughs> with, with that sort of palette. What, how much fun was that just from a, a filmmaking perspective to, to portray politics in that manner? It was astounding. It was like living the Wizard of Oz. I mean, <laughs> so Josh Pearson, um, who was the editor, you know, one of the challenges we had is, is Josh edited all four episodes, mm-hmm. which if you know anything about film, um, often you have separate editors for each episode, but we wanted to have a continuity of, of feeling. Um, and also we were dealing with such a tremendous amount of footage that it was really important that um, we not use things over and over, um, but that we remember each episode had to lead to the next. Mm-hmm. Um, so you needed to have that that kind of institutional memory. Um, but what, so I had worked for ABC News and I knew that there was all this footage. ABC was a, an upstart network at the time and had decided to cover Kennedy's, in particular his campaign, um, you know, constantly. There's this kind of like follow me around, Gary Hart type, you know, um, challenge. And uh, that was new. You know, before that, America had news packages, very, you know, black and white, stayed. Um, But if Bobby Kennedy had learned anything from being with his brother, um, it's how important you know, working that media and using that media. And he was really masterful. Eventually, he became masterful at using the media for his for his own campaign. Being supported by Netflix was really important for this project because they gave us a budget to, to um, do some digging and do some investigation. So there were literally cans of film that were not categorized, and we had no idea what was on them. And, you know, and I went to, to Netflix. to archivist. I went to Netflix <laughs> since, you know, we had this incredible archivist, Rich Remsburg, and, you know, we said – there's we think that there is probably good material on here, but we can't be sure and we could waste thousands of dollars. And they said, go for it. You know, so we digitized 140 new hours of footage. Um, we went through over a thousand different sources. So as a filmmaker, it was um, intense, but also it was this process of discovery. It was really, really it was a roller coaster. It was really, really exciting and fun. And you also there was a there's there's there are moments where you get to intersperse some footage from you know what some a lot of people consider maybe the godfather of political documentaries D. A. Pennebaker I mean who who was able to get into <laughs> Bobby Kennedy's office as Attorney General and and make these documentaries of him. Yes. It, is it was what what was that like as that as, was, a, as a documentary filmmaker that was to, like meeting <laughs> Beyonce I mean so I you know Chris Hedges and and uh, Penny Baker are long term uh, personal partners and also film partners. 
um, Chris invited me to their office. So, you know, I saw the original, you know, so they made the war room, mm-hmm. you know, so I yeah. saw the machine where the war room was edited um, and, you know, all of Penny's uh, original cameras. Um, and then we did an interview with him in his office. So he was with, you know, Bobby Kennedy. He was following Bobby Kennedy um, through uh, the campaign in particular, but he also was with him the day that he was sworn into the mm-hmm. Senate. Yeah. So it was the original, you know, kind of the camera person sitting in the car, and you see this this personal side of a candidate that was really, that was something that was rare then. You know, today, everybody's got cameras right. following them around. Right. Um, but this was before that was quite so usual. So you see, you know, a very young Bobby Kennedy being sworn into the Senate. Um, you see him greet his brother Teddy, you know, and say, are you coming to lunch? And, and you kind of see him interact with the you literally are seeing the next generation of politicians you know as you see him being sworn in and and to me that is like such a um, important time in history you know that we mark that time but having so we had access not only to the footage that Penny um, and Drew and those um, you know spectacular filmmakers used but they all we also had their outtakes and then we were able to use some of their outtakes um, in this project. To call it a series is almost like a misnomer. It's it's like a someone's it's like, like a, is there a season two? Right. Yeah, and I was like, well. <laughs> yeah, exactly. There's like a movie. It's it's like a a movie where you just have permission to take a break. Oh, <laughs> I love that so much. Yes, I, I wish I could tell the Academy. It's a movie where you can take a break. So we should be eligible for Oscars, but we're not. And also, I mean, the, I, I guess a season two might, uh, you know, maybe it could be uh, Bobby's children, of which he had many, including a di- documentary filmmaker uh, from a, a ch- the child he never met, including uh, Rory, Rory who's yeah. a spectacular filmmaker and has been a great friend to this project, and I am very grateful to her. Obviously, this you know th- this project is um, a, a project that stands on its own about the history of a of a man, a pl- history of uh, his political career, of a political time, uh, but. We are in extraordinary times politically. Uh, is there, was there something that that kind of uh, made you think about our current contemporary political environment? For me, it was just that there were questions of loyalty with, with the family and that, that sort of stuff is, is what you hear a lot with the current administration of President Donald Trump and whether people are loyal to him and so forth. And that was a consideration. That's the one thing that occurred to me. Is there something else that may have, you know, kind of made you think about the, our current times? You know, um, one of the things, there were so many things I was struck by and, and the parallels were so interesting. Um, once you look for them, it's like, you know, you see them everywhere. Um, but one of the things that, that really interested me that I didn't know uh, was how Bobby Kennedy invited some of the young civil rights um, leaders um, to his home. So he invited James Baldwin and uh, Lorraine Han- Hansberry. And these were, you know, artists in the artist community. Um, and I think he thought that they were going to congratulate him because he was one of, you know, he and his brother had had taken some steps, uh, you know, in favor of civil rights. And instead, they were very critical and Mm -hmm. said, you have to do more. You need to do more. Um, And apparently, at first, he was angry. Harry Belafonte tells this story beautifully about how angry Mm -hmm. he was. It's kind of like the equivalent of an inviting Black Lives Matter, you know, into to visit President Obama. And instead of saying, thank you very much, they say, what are you doing next? Right. Um, And, you know, I thought about that. But, you know, what I really thought about was Bobby Kennedy response and his reaction. So he goes from being angry and annoyed 
to several weeks later, really using that interaction to propel him to do exactly what the activists were pushing him to do, um, which is to take even stronger stance. And you see that evolution. So I love seeing that a person you know, like Bobby Kennedy, did not come fully formed with, you know, as a civil rights icon that we see him. But by the end of his life, you know, he is uh, marching with Cesar Chavez. He is um, talking about, you know, on Native American uh, reservations, but is really and is running on a platform of racial and economic reconciliation and fairness. There is a new generation going to take over here in the United States, and this country is going to move ahead. Watching that evolution is something that I think is uh, something that we could all remember. You know, great, great politicians are made. So what's next for you, Don? I mean, I should say that this is available on Netflix now. Uh, you've got a, the, the 50th anniversary, tragic uh, uh, anniversary of, of Kennedy's assassination coming up in June. But what's next for you and your projects? You know, um, I think exploring kind of good government and exploring a motivational, inspiring leader. I'm still kind of thinking about about that. So I'd love to do a film on Maxine Waters or John Lewis. Because I was interested in civil rights and in leadership, um, we have a ton of footage, you know, of Congressman Lewis, ton of footage of Maxine Waters. So um, I'm, if they're listening, you know, we that is me calling you over and over and over again. Please call back. Well, I'll tell you this. Uh, it, once you do, uh, consider it an open invitation to come back to political theater. <laughs> Love to be here. Thank you so much. Thank you, Don. I'm Jason Dick. Thank you for joining us. You can subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, and on NPR One. And please rate us on iTunes. For more on this and other stories, visit RollCall.com, or you can find us on Twitter, at RollCall. Thank you for listening. <laughs>